This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks uh, so much for being here with us. Lots to get to today. Uh, the Centennial Cup Junior A Championship is going to be uh, hitting Portage La Prairie. We'll get to that as the show uh, goes on as well. Um, with all this stuff going on in the, in the playoffs and goaltending and need for more scoring, when you look at the Jets and the players that could be uh, potentially available for them uh, this summer, what what are some of the add-ons? What could the Jets do? And, and is there a timeline? Like, in terms of if the Winnipeg Jets are going to acquire pieces and go out and acquire pieces, what's the timeline for, for, I guess, things to start panning out? Do they have to compete for the playoffs next year? Is there sort of a year leeway here as things kind of iron themselves out? That'll be a question that we uh, discuss right after 1230 uh, when uh, Skyler Peters does the news at the bottom uh, of the hour. Uh, but I'm, it's not just me here, even though I've been doing all the talking so far. Jim, how are you doing? Hello. That's it? Just get a high? Just, just like a go. hello? Hey! All that! I'm really looking forward to this talk over the next, today, but over the next mm. couple of weeks about what the, the Jets could and could not do and if they could be a playoff team next year, if they do do some stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. But today is is exciting as well because it's where every rookie goes, I might I might be a pro football player. So you're saying there's a chance. So they're saying in a chance. All these moms back in Alabama and Florida and California and Wyoming are going, where are you? <laughs> I'm in Winnipeg. Yeah, rookie camp opening at IG Field. Uh, I don't know if we can say. Well, yeah, we're gonna bring in our, our uh, we're gonna bring in Derek Taylor here, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, with us here. And of course, our uh, rookie training camp reports for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are brought to you by Stars Air Ambulance, caring for Manitobans when and where you need us most. Derek, can we say that there's and it's 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 football there at IG Field? I think we can say that, can't we? Oh, guys are wearing pads. They're they're pushing each other around. They're running sprints and. In the sunshine, yeah, football's here. Banging sure. and clanging out there. Uh, uh, Derek, how you doing, man? This must be exciting, eh? This really is. It's, it's just a chance to, to get back to it, to, to see, you know, some of, the, some of the guys. You see some, obviously, some old faces, like Zach Kolaris is here. Drew Brown is here. Carlton Agadosi, the, the one-game star from that Calgary game early last season, is here as well. Willie Jefferson's walking around. Brandon Alexander's chilling out, watching practice, and, and you're seeing a bunch, what is it, 57 guys on the field that, you know, a lot of them are, are trying to make their mark in pro football. So it's, it's always good, and, and it just signals the revival, right? It's the 2023 CFL season, and anything is possible. Well, then, let's start with what I don't think we've talked a lot about this offseason because it's just a given. How is Zach Claros doing? How is he feeling going into <laughs> camp this year? Yeah. And, and really, it's just a foregone conclusion, right? Like, we we like talk about the quarterbacks they brought in, who has experience. We talk about all the other rookies that signed. Talk about what the positions they might need. One position they don't need is quarterback other than backup and who's going to follow up. How's Zach Claros today? Yeah, Zach's, I mean, Zach looks fine. He, uh, he gets the veteran exemption from the 300-yard sprint, which I think is quite <laughs> nice. Guys are going 25 up, 25 back, 25 up. 25. Zach doesn't have to do that, so that's that's good by him. No, he, he looks he looks just like you'd expect. There's nothing to, that that says hey anything would be any different from him. He's going to some capri length tights this year uh, for folks who want to know. 
But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, Zach is the advantage that the Bombers have over literally every team in the Canadian Football League. Uh, so we, we want to know. It's, it's day one and it's the rookie's day, but, yeah, how is Zach doing? So we'll get a chance to talk to him when practice wraps up in about 15 here. What's he been doing in the off season? How does he feel? Blah, blah, blah. Because the Bombers' chances for going to a four-straight Grey Cup, they, they ride or die with Zach Kolaris. Uh, rookie camp, you know, it's it's more about just getting used. Is is it more about just getting used to the game here, Derek? Uh, for some of these guys coming from the United States, or or you as a player, I mean, you always want to stand out, but do you need to stand out at this point still? Well, stand out, stand out. I think is is true. There's there's the way in which I think Mike O'Shea wants players to to stand out, right? I remember talking to him last year, and he's like, it's it's not what they show us; it's what. They can essentially what they can take from what we give to them. Yeah, what they take from what we uh, give to them, right? So a guy who comes up here, he's got three days to kind of show off what uh, basically, you know, what he could do for the Bombers this year. So he's got to be taking in information quickly and then immediately putting it onto the field. So you don't necessarily have to be the fastest guy. You don't necessarily have to have the quickest cuts. And, you know, if you drop a ball, it's not the worst thing. But if you're in the right place at the right time, that's, that's honestly, I think, what Michael Shea is looking for. So how quickly can you pick up for what some of these guys is, is a, absolutely a brand-new football game? Yeah, indeed. And, and along with this, um, we all know, like, it's tough, right? Like, especially if you're a rookie receiver coming in to, to turn pro or, or to maybe continue a pro career. But also, DT, with this receiving core, um, you really have to show something over the next three days. Well, you're right. Uh, like last year, it was Rashid Bailey, uh, Dalton Schoen, Nick Dembski, Greg Ellingson, and Drew Wolitarski. Well, you swap out Ellingson for Kenny Lawler, and you're, essentially your starting five is already back. A depth spot? Well, okay, Carlton Agadosi absolutely blew up in that one game against Calgary. Well, Carlton Agadosi is back. Tavares Harrison is a guy who was on the roster for much of last year. He is back. Greg McRae will be back when training camp uh, starts on uh, Sunday. You go, okay, well, honestly, Jerrion Grant is a, is a receiver returner. There's not a lot of room at the inn in that spot, right? <laughs> you Maybe if you're a Canadian, okay, well, they don't have much. They have uh, Dembski, Walatarski, and Brendan O'Leary Orange. So there's room for another Canadian in case somebody goes down. But, yeah, if you're an American uh, receiver, You'd better be good on special teams. You better be a returner, and you you better, but you better pop. Let's say that. Yeah, that was going to be my next question to you. I mean, special teams are going to be paramount for a lot of these guys to first of all get noticed and find their way into the you know suit and for games. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's where the snaps are to start with, right? There's yeah. a, Dewan Cooper is out, out here. He was listed as the defensive end last year. I don't think he took more than. He might have taken five snaps on defense, even though they nominally list him as a defensive end. It was all special teams, and that's, that's what you're here for. And eventually, he may get into the chance to, to show what he could do, rushing you know, in, a, you know, in a rotation with Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat. But you've got to make your mark on special teams. So you've got to be right place, right time, right block, and uh, yeah, just, uh, just make it show. Because, yeah, you've got four special teams to play on, and, and, and it's your chance to make the club. Uh, Michael O'Shea is not Mike O'Shea Jr. to avoid what I'm about to do, but shine a light on him. Uh, how does he look, and is he out there? And uh, um, I know that that's why he goes by Michael O'Shea, is to, is to avoid this, but yet he's trying to make it his own way, and he's a really talented receiver. Um, what's it going to be like for him today and over the next three days? Well, the Canadian part will certainly work in his favor for the reasons we were talking about. But, yeah, the younger O'Shea, 23 years old, 
twice an All-Canadian at the junior level, which is very nice. He was an All-Canadian as a returner. He was an All-Canadian as a receiver. And you start to think, okay, well, that's the multiple positions and multiple teams that a, that a kid could play on. So, okay, there's a chance that you could do it. What uh, When you start to look at the depth of that receiving core, like we talked about, it's going to be pretty tough. But there, there are spots where if you are available to the team – uh, if uh, pretend uh, the younger O'Shea uh, takes up residence in, in Winnipeg and they get an injury in midseason, they need somebody to come in to practice for a couple weeks. Okay, well, we've added Michael O'Shea to the roster, right? They had, uh, uh, gosh, I can't, I, forgive me, I'm, Luke McMillan was mm-hmm. the uh, Rifles player last year who would be on, off the practice roster and on the practice roster because you need more bodies and you get your chance to show. So, that's probably going to be the way that O'Shea would do it. Would uh, do it. And as we were talking, some of the media here, you go, well, if you grew up in a house with head coach and Hall of Famer Mike O'Shea, you're probably you probably have a pretty good sense of what's expected from you on special teams, right? So mm-hmm. that'd be one of the benefits. He he looks like he fits in in the receiving core. There are guys that are faster. There are guys that are taller. But um, we'll we'll really start to find out, you know as they do a little modified 12-on-12 here and over the next couple of days, if Michael O'Shea has a, has a future in professional football. Yeah, we're going to have to wait and see how things go, if there's going to be another Dalton Schoen uh, in, in, in rookie camp here, uh, a guy who led the league in receiving yards, um, and, of course, rookie of the year in, in the CFL. But is there, is there any guys that you're kind of, you, you kind of got your finger on and are just going to be watching a little bit closer than the rest of them, Derek? Well, there's, there are a couple. And, and just, because, just from what we've been seeing early on here, this is – to sit here and try and say I can tell you who's going to be a good football player, I have no idea, but you can see how guys <laughs> yeah. move, right? Yeah. Because linebackers work with linebackers, and defensive linemen work with defensive linemen. So you go, oh, actually, this guy really moves well compared to his uh, guys who play his same position. So you, you, look at, uh, uh, you look at Barrington, one of the linebackers, and you look at uh, Guy Stanley is another. G Stanley, I'll have to get how he pronounces his name, mm-hmm. is another linebacker. He may be a cover linebacker, but just watching those guys in drills and go, oh, they really, they turn really well. And in short area quickness, Barrington really can, can move. So you go, okay, well, that's something in his favor. Can he do all the other stuff that will ultimately be important? We'll find out and we'll see what cut down day on Saturday brings. But those are a couple of guys, at least among the linebackers that I go, oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's something to work with. Let's go from there. I've always wondered this, DT, and this will probably be our last one for you, but you, you've won these championships. You go to the final last year and lose a real close one. Um, when rookies come in here, is it sort of a different atmosphere? Is there this sort of championship pedigree just of an aura hanging around this that, you know, there's work to be done and all that, but I would assume this camp, this rookie camp and new faces coming into the city for the first time, would have a little bit extra step or jump in, in what they're doing compared to maybe an Edmonton training camp or, or somewhere else. He, he, am I reading into this? Am I hollowing this too much? Or Oh, no, no. I think, I think you're right on. Guys will, there will be guys who don't really know much about the CFL and certainly don't know much about Winnipeg, but you know their agent will have told them, hey, by the way, these guys have won the Grey Cup twice and they've been to the championship game three years in a row, so... Uh, it's it's going to be, you know, you better be ready for that and for the atmosphere. And then we talk a lot, or the Bombers talk a lot, about the culture that they present, right? You're, you're going to have to be ready to quickly acclimate to that of, we do this like this, and I don't care how you did it before. The players talking amongst themselves, we do this like this. I don't care how you did it before. We do it like this, so you better do it like this, because that's ultimately, I think, quite important to uh, the Bombers and their success thus far. So, yeah, 
I, I think you're I think you're on that guys will know even if they're not super familiar with the CFL, even if they've never seen a CFL game, they'll know they're coming into a team that has had incredible success the last three seasons. Bomber training camp reports are brought to you by Stars Air Ambulance, caring for Manitobans when and where you need us most. Uh, Derek Taylor down at IG Field for rookie camp. It opens up today. Main camp's going to be getting going on Sunday. Of course, Derek Taylor, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers here on 680 CJOB. Derek, you take care and have fun, okay? Thanks, guys. Talk to you tomorrow. All the best, T.T. Yeah, he'll be checking with us all throughout the week, um, all the way until Friday. And then, of course, as I just mentioned, things are going to get real exciting when main camp goes, heading to the preseason, and then the home opener uh, against the Hamilton Tiger Cats on June 9th. It's here. Like, it's <laughs> it's here. I, why did it sneak up on me this year? I don't I, know. It just all I, of a sudden. I don't know if it's because the Jets made the playoffs, and so you had an extended couple of weeks with that. Yeah. Or, or the waiting for it. But I remember even when the Jets were knocked out after five games, and then I'm like, okay, well, Bombers will start in a month, and it was actually three weeks. And I'm like, oh, and then now it's here, it's here. But it's exciting. Like, this is going to be an intriguing season, right? Because um, not only because of how good they are and the fact that they lost last year and couldn't three-peat, but will look to sort of dynasty it in three Mm -hmm. and four and all this. But I'm fascinated by some of the guys, like – do they run out of gas? Is this the year that, you know what I mean? Like yeah, there's no, very, it's, it's really all, good teams, but we're now heading into yeah. year, I'll say year five. Like I, even the year prior to them winning the great cup, they had this talent and this yeah. core and um, now they, they, you know, they're heading into year four and I think they can still very well do it. And they're my odds on favorite by far, not mm-hmm. even close to win the great cup again. Um, but you know, you see how teams go over the first five to seven weeks and then there's always somebody who's surprising and stuff, but I'm just fascinated by the storylines of, of, you know, where the vets are and where they can sort of amp it up again. Let's come back on the other side. We're going to talk a uh, timeline, a uh, timeline for the Winnipeg Jets retool. We're not going to call it a rebuild. There's no appetite for rebuild organizationally or from the fan base. Uh, it's going to be a retool. Is there a timeline? Is Do they need to be back in a playoff contention next season? We're going to get into that as well. And then we'll talk a little Centennial Cup. Huge tournament making its way to Portage La Prairie. That's going to get going tomorrow. Dave Anthony, old friend of mine from our days out at CKDM in Dauphin, uh, he's going to be joining us to talk a little bit about that. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. 21 at 680 CJOB. It's just looking up here as we get you back to Jets at noon. Plus 21. Double-digit pluses for the evening. Pluses everywhere today on Jets at noon. I didn't bring my jacket. It's like, I'll tough it out. It'll be a little cold in the morning. If the weather's plus-minus, it's a plus 21 today. That's a good plus-minus. Plus. Looks like, like the weather's going to be in the pluses, Skyler. That's like, that's like a, a good second-pairing defenseman, yeah. plus 21. Oh, yeah. All season Really long. good second-pairing guy. Really good second-pairing You got a good team money. if that guy's Might. on your two-pair. Mm-hmm. Somebody gets hurt, he's on the top pairing with that plus. He steps right in, though. You know, he'd, he'd, he'd fill that role no 25 problem. 25-plus minutes a night. Yeah. You know, a couple shots, a couple blocks, yeah. you know. 40 po- 45 points. See his shots and blocks increase by plus two or three per game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sixty-five percent offensive zone starts, plus no, those guys defensive zone starts. I was going to say, yeah, that guy's got to start in the D zone. You know, just just super reliable. Nicholas yeah. Jalmerson, he'd be like a plus twenty-one. Nick, one shot, he, four blocks. Nick's right. a plus player. See, he's so hyped up. He's bringing out. He's still bringing out Chicago Blackhawks players from the from the glory. Yeah, years. he only won three cups. Cam, like I know you might not have ever heard of him. I never heard of him. Who is he? <laughs> no, I know you think I have, but yo, I never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> he was a solid. 
Didn't San yeah. Jose try to sign him? Yeah. yeah. Um that was yeah, that was kind of like a offer sheeted him. A, a thing that, that almost happened but didn't that you know could have really changed how things worked out for uh, both the Sharks and the Blackhawks because they had Mark Edward Vlasic at that time who was at the top of his game. He was on the Olympic teams. And- What's your over-under, Skyler, now that they look like they'll draft uh, Connor Bedard? And I say look <clears> like because <throat> this organization has done some wild things. Well, that would, um, that would be unprecedented, but yeah, but they'll yeah, draft him. So, what's the over under of him arriving there? I love Kevin BX's line and a direct shot at Colby Armstrong. He said, "Who did Crosby have when he was drafted by Pittsburgh? Yeah, Colby uh, Armstrong and Max yeah. Taller." <laughs> and Colby was like, "Hey, um, but um, what's your over under on years before the Blackhawks make the playoffs? Now that they will secure mm. Connor Bedard, I think you got next year's going to be really rough. Uh, I think they're a bottom five team in the league." Uh, safely again and that's just fine year after that like maybe like a buffalo i think the best uh, case scenario honestly two is you, years you at, a season and a half no. you think bedard will have them in you i think you got to see like you got to look at this prospect pool with the blackhawks they have uh, a fantastic defensive prospect pool and i was saying to christian on the sports show yesterday two of them are going to be in town this weekend on the seattle thunderbirds kevin korchinski and nolan allen um they got ethan del mastro he was also on the canadian junior team got a swedish guy and uh, Drew Camesso, one of the best goalies in NCAA uh, ice hockey this year, is also their, their top uh, goaltending prospect. Listen, in so three, it's up front. They in need three to years, they'll be in the same position as Detroit is right that's, now. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. They're going to be like a, a sniffing the playoffs and miss it in three years. Yes. That's what I I agree with. That's what so I So three to five years, they'll be back in the playoffs. If it works out. There's a lot of stuff that's got to work out. Well, and you got to look how the rest of the division's going, too. You know? Okay. So And maybe um, they're maybe they're a devil's. Maybe they... You know, turn this around real quick with a with a guy like you know Jack Hughes really stepped up a couple of years after he was drafted first. Yeah, overall. Yeah, but when was but, Nico Hishier drafted first overall? How many years ago was that? Right, just not the same player though. They don't have the same impact. Definitely, definitely not. But I'm you know, it's it's been a long time coming mm-hmm. for this. Mm-hmm. All those assets and Timu Meyer finally scored a goal. Yeah, yeah, that was nice to see. Yeah, was good, for good for Timu. Good for yeah. him. The rest of the team uh, didn't really show up there. They owe night. they owe him ten million dollars next year. Well, if you qualify him, which he wouldn't. Oh, you got to qualify him. You can't After spend what you all gave that up. and have him for 30 games and then 30 games let him and walk. Yeah, how, you, how do you give him $10 million? Well, you've got to sign him to a long-term deal. Yeah, knock it down. But, I mean, my point to this is how is your playoff experience in New Jersey, right? You right. have zero points in the first round in seven games. You get absolutely corked by Jacob Truba. You miss a game. You come back. You have one goal in eight or nine playoff games with New Jersey. I'm not saying he doesn't like it there or anything like that, but I'm just saying – Rangers too. Look at them. Look at the commodities that went out the door for the Rangers to load up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, you know how much you guys have been talking Jets this week. I haven't heard a whole lot of the, the program, but what? Uh, just in terms of, I know guys. I'm, I'm not going to get in. I'm not, I'm not. Who comes touching. on a program and says I never listen? But <laughs> the speakers are right above his head too for the show. <laughs> like, like if you know our newsroom, there's like just, speakers all over the he place. He just listed the entire decor all the way all the way down to junior hockey for the Chicago Blackhawks and then said, I don't listen to Jets oh, at half, noon, but here I am. So half the time I couldn't name the six guys on the Blackhawks like that night. I'm I'm more excited about Kevin Korchinski than I am about Caleb Jones. What's your point about never listening to okay, us? Okay, what I was saying is, like, the, the big trade deadline acquisitions uh, this year have not done well for their team, and their team has not done well. And I actually think mm. uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff's, um, you know, what, what some people would consider, you know, a lack of 
urgency or you know didn't make the big move it actually worked out for him because because Vlad Domestikov and Nino Niederreiter were two of the best contributors out of anybody of any skill level and ilk uh traded at the deadline so agree well, I agree well this that. is you know you bring up a valid point because like I was on board go get Meyer go get um Chikrin yeah both would be here next year Chikrin played 12 games and was but injured th- again. this was my point right so you have this year with the core next year you have Meyer and Chikrin. Do they get past Vegas when Morrissey goes down? No, and, they no? don't. Okay, they don't. so they don't. Yeah. But now you have this situation where, yes, you got a minimum pay Timu Meyer 10. And you got Chikrin, for, and two got more Chikrin years. for two more years at four and a half. Who can't stay on the ice? And you're dealing out Shifley, Dubois, whatever that's returning. That was my point at the time. Like, it wasn't just to take two solid runs at it with this core. Yeah, yeah it helps turn it around long term, medium but, term. But I mean, who knows if Meyer even comes? And, and that's I a, get that. And this but. is the, this is the situation the Winnipeg Jets are in, and this is the topic. And yeah, you can stick around if you'd like. You got something else to do? I got no. I got nowhere to be. You got close. nowhere to be. You got another show to go. One o'clock to news. Right One o'clock news. Do you have another uh, program you usually listen to at this time? <laughs> <laughs> um, the projected timeline for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean. Is is this situation? Is it? Do they need to compete for a playoff spot next year? Do they have sort of a year leeway, and then the second year they got to be back in a position where they're at least competing for a playoff spot, trying to grab the eighth or seventh or even higher spot there? Um, you know, and and I look at the way the playoffs, and we're talking about the New Jersey Devils, and they're down three one, and they're, it's not over yet. But you have to look at they're not happy with their goals against situation so far. I mean, every single game has been a blowout here, but I look at that as an option, and that's why I think. There is going to be, if 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 Connor Hellebuck becomes available sometime during the summer, which I I I think he he will be. There's going to be several teams that are going to be looking for an impact goaltender. They're going to say, "Listen, we all we need is a goaltender to take us over the take us over the hump and, and make us real true contender contenders." And a lot of those teams, Jim and and Skyler, they're they're going to be willing to pay a, a heck of a lot for a, a Vesna. That's the hardest Ka- thing to acquire. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you just you just said it earlier. New Jersey is one of so New Jersey several has to pay teams. Meyer ten, but you yeah. don't think New Jersey might go Buffalo, Buffalo? But I mean, I'll even go further. The, the teams that would be interested in Hellebuck, at least interested. There's one playing tonight. Things don't go well for Stuart Skinner tonight, mm-hmm. and you got Jack Campbell yeah. on your hands. Now that's the problem: is the Jack Campbell contract. <laughs> I don't know why they did that. It made no sense at the but time. My point is how you work that out. I don't know. And I'm not saying they can. I'm just saying those are teams that legitimately would go for one year at six. And then you have to throw in the teams like New Jersey and maybe Bo- like, I just like the Boston idea of give us Linus Allmark and we'll eat the next, not eat. He'll be our starting goaltender for the next three to four years at $5 million. And you'll have Hellebuck and Swayman for one year at a total of seven $8 million, and mm-hmm. then if you want, you can re-sign them. I just don't think Boston's going to be just based on where their core is going. Like, I don't really feel like that was it for Patrice and probably Krejci. And well, I that's just, why I, I just feel like they won't be in the, in the like market to like acquire it. those That's guys. why I think there's a, a team in Boston that might go, I, look, I'll take a one-year deal of Pierre-Luc Dubois. Or Mark Scheifele I'll or take a like one-year that. deal of Mark yeah. Scheifele. Yeah. I think that's more likely for them. And, yeah. and uh, um, Montgomery's sitting there going, I'll get him to play defense. 
<laughs> like I, I need, I need 80 points guys. Like yeah. I, I need, yeah. so if you can do this for me and then bring them here and, and if it goes well for 30 games, let's resign them. There's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be the market for a guy with a cap hit like Mark Shifley that had 42 goals the previous now, season. Now here's the reason, like we discussed earlier yeah. for our listeners, we discussed the, the deal that came out in the hockey news that said Connor Hellebuck to Ottawa mm-hmm. for Shane Pinto and Ridley Gregg, two centers, there two are, very good young centers. There are more teams in the Atlantic division that would trade for Connor Hellebuck than there are that wouldn't. Yes, that is a true statement. I don't know if there's a team in the Atlantic division that can rely on their goaltender other than Tampa Bay. So to your point of this discussion is, could they they do a deal like that and be in contention next year? Should they be in the playoffs? And here's what I'll I'll argue to the end of time. The reason we're hearing these guys who are 23 and under is because they have to go. There's no trades involved in those. Yeah. So if you go to Linus Allmark, I would presume he has some kind of no trade within his deal. Um, The veteran guys like that, but... We keep seeing these deals for Jets players proposed and just skeptical of what if this, what if that, but they're all for guys under 23, right? Because those guys have to come to Winnipeg. They they don't have a no-no trade. Yeah. Um, and if they're smart, if their agents are smart, go not only go to Winnipeg, but they need a number one and two center because they just potentially dealt Dubois and Shifley. So if I'm Shane Pinto, who's on the third line and most likely going to be on the second in, in Ottawa this year, I'm like... I'll go to Winnipeg. I'll play with Connor Hellebuck, or sorry, Kyle Connor and Nick Ehlers, and I'll be in the second line center with Cole Perfetti. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's opportunity here that if your agent can convince you that, and I mean, Ottawa is that much different than Winnipeg? No, it's not. No. So I, I think that those are the deals that I, I, I don't raise an eyebrow to or wonder because they have no trades involved. But if they could do that and then send Dubois to Montreal for Doc, yeah. I mean, those are two deals right there that however they work out and what the parameters are, you could have Ridley Gregg, Shane Pinto, and Kirby Doc here in Winnipeg with Adam Lowry and and Cole Perfetti, who I believe eventually will go back to the middle. Yeah, and, and then you got Lucius and Lambert too. Well, exactly. And as well, Rutger McGordy's coming up, and yeah. there's all indications that he's going to be a fantastic vet. And you and, augment and- it with the Chandler Stevensons of the world. You have these really good high-end young players that are 22, 21, 23. Yeah. And you augment it with a couple of 30-year-old guys at 4 to $5 million that can make a difference. You're, you're, and people yeah. laughed at me in this town when I said, go get Joe Pavelski at the time. But how old is he and what is six, he doing? He's got six the goals. Dinosaur. 38 years old with six goals. So it's like, and you bu- tell that dinosaur, come play with... "Quote unquote," Shane Pinto, Kyle Connor, and Nick Ehlers. I think the problem is when you, when you're looking at guys late in their career that are looking for something in terms of success at Winnipeg, it, as it, the team stands and everything you hear about the culture, I don't know if that's the biggest draw. And that's why guys like Nate Thompson sign here and guys like Joe Pavelski don't. But you, you, well, I think Joe Pavelski didn't sign here because it's Winnipeg. That's, I don't, well, that's I, what I mean. Joe Pavelski would look at that top six and go, ah. I wouldn't mind playing in that top six. But I also like living in But I also like living in hot environments. So that's <laughs> that's where that comes into play. But you go get these young guys, and then you, you go look at guys that I've always said they don't have the depth, third-line, $5 million player. Yeah. The thing is, and, and this is also attached to, to Kirby Doc here, and, and this is something that was brought up. Brendan Kelly in the Montreal Gazette wrote an article about this. He was suggesting that the – uh, Montreal Canadiens trade up their fifth overall pick for uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, citing some of their other third lo- uh, third round picks or third overall selections they made, like Alex Galchenyuk and and Jesper Kokaniemi, Kock- and they haven't had 
they haven't had very good su- success with high picks. So I don't know if Montreal has any appetite for doing that. I don't and then think Zach so. Zach Benson just moves on just down moves the Pemina on. Highway. That's right. That would be not too Come bad. Come on downtown. Um, but that was that was a suggestion that hey, move the number five overall pick and then bring in Pierre Luc Dubois and. Well, first of all, if that was even offered, I don't think it will be, but the Winnipeg Jets take that all day. You have control over a top prospect for the next six, seven years. Absolutely, the Winnipeg Jets. At the top no of brainer. a stupid deep draft. Yeah, absolutely. Like 03, uh, 2015, 2023. While the projections is that this number five pick is going to be better than um, you know, Slavkovsky, like the guy that right. they picked first overall last year. And so the the other thing that's 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 sort of lost in, in this sort of PLD to Montreal sort of discussion that's been ongoing. We have to take a break here. We got to bring uh, uh, Dave Anthony, your pal, onto the show just right away. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Montreal's going to have to move some cap space out. They are right up against the cap, and so if they're going to bring in Pierre Luc Dubois, well, they're going to have to send players and they're going to have to send money back to Winnipeg. That's the only way that this happens. Yeah, I mean, and, and even if they wanted to sign him as a free agent, they're going to have to move out, move out cash, and they're going to wait it out a year. I don't know what their plans are. But things change over the course of a year. And a guy that's 3.36 like Kirby Dock, three years after it's still at that same cap hit, second in scoring for the Montreal Canadiens, and an RFA at the end of that deal, um, I think if, if you're going to make a move with, with if, if Montreal really wants to bring Pierre-Luc Dubois over to that team, and Dubois doesn't seem like he's going after a, uh, he wants some term attached to his deal, I don't blame him. Well, Montreal's going to cost you Kirby Dock. It's going to cost you another player probably, too, as well. Perhaps a pick. Yeah, a Dubois for Dock would be straight up. With that contract for I Dock, would do it straight up. I'd you, do it straight yeah, up. Yeah, but you, would, you might have... But Montreal... I, I think Winnipeg would have to sweeten it a bit because of Dock's age contract. and and, and but, but now I'm thinking that you might have to go, can we give you this as well? Because I need to get this $3 million off the books. This texter says, hey, how about Helly to Toronto? I would do that. Why not? We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Voice of the Steinback, Pistons, old uh, former CKDM alumni, Dave Anthony. Dave, how you doing? Doing very well. Enjoying a beautiful day in Portage, talking hockey in May. How much better does it get? Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. I mean, uh, I mean, this is a, a, a it maybe just gives people a little bit of a uh, an intro to the, to the Centennial Cup. I know it's changed names about like six times it seems over the last little bit. Uh, it's got you have championship teams from junior A pro, uh, uh, leagues all across uh, Canada. Um, what, what's going to be going on this uh, this this for the next couple of days here in Portage? Well, we're gearing up, obviously. Our first game is coming up Thursday. There's going to be three games a day, one at 11.30, one at 3.30, one at 7.30. Uh, there are two divisions of five. So you got Pool A, which has got powerhouses like Brooks and Terrebonne. And then you got Pool B, which has got us, Portage, Battleford, uh, Collingwood, and Cam River. So every day there's three amazing games that are going to be taking place at Stride Place. And it's just going to be the best on the best, man. And it can't get better than this. Those damn Brooks Bandits. My goodness, Gray. They don't, they don't stop. They're just like constant. <laughs> they make me sick. They don't stop. They came into the AJHL. They did well. And then they got Kale McCarr and they did better. And now it's just the destination to go in the AJHL. Uh, yeah, it doesn't stop. But it's not Steinbeck. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> no, it's not. And they've built quite the dynasty there as well, as you would know, Dave. Uh, how do you match up this year? I think we match up really well. Uh, we've played Portage tough throughout the regular season. I, they've been off now for a month. But we're going to be taking them on Friday. Uh, Collingwood, they're a faster team, but I think we're more physical. You could probably say the same thing again about Cam River. Uh, about Cam River. Uh, North Battleford, they're going to be a real test. Uh, they're, they're 
some big bodied forwards. They got some good puck moving D. But, uh, you know, the way that Paul Dick builds the team, it's all about depth and it's all about layers. And up front, we've got four lines that can really move the puck. And we got some finishers like Ty Paisley, Dawson Milliken, Kirk Mullins been really good. And then defensively, on the bigger ice at Stride Place, because you know Steinbach's got smaller ice, so our mm-hmm. defense didn't get to do what they normally can. Puck moving defense is so critical. Langley Krugel's been a beast. David Cote has been phenomenal. And then Parker Jasper, who we picked up at the trade deadline, he just brings another dynamic. So we got a nice mix of physicality. We got a great mix of scoring and defense. And then, of course, one of the best goaltenders, if not the best goaltender in the province of Manitoba, in Dominic Wasik. I think we stack up pretty well. Lots of reasons to head on down to uh, uh, to uh, Portage La Prairie, the stride place there to, to to take in all the action. 2023 Centennial Cup, uh, 10 of the best programs Junior A has to offer uh, here in the province of Manitoba for what is going to be a fantastic uh, 10 days or so starting tomorrow into the 21st in Portage La Prairie. Portage will do great with this too. It's a oh, phenomenal facility, great town. They won back in 2015 when they yeah. hosted it last and, and this That's is great. That's up in the arena, the big poster of that winning team on the ice. But nice to put one in Steinbach, eh Dave? Yeah, well, we're getting a new building, so I think we could do like a whole deck oh, on the ceiling. If it's like we the Bombers, the eh? Right across. You could build one. it. You could build it around that photo you're going to take in about a week. <laughs> exactly. You still got exactly. the beard or what? You still got the beard yeah, going? It's, it's still growing. Uh, it's got a couple more weeks of life, I think, here. So uh, hopefully, it can be photographed a few more times around a trophy. That that would be good. Yeah, Davey, take care. Okay. All right, buddy. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Dave. No problem. Voice this time by Pistons. Dave Centennial Cup, Portage La Prairie. Tons of great hockey. Fantastic event. Jim Toll to take you all the way till 3 o'clock. Uh, thank you very much, Jeffrey Fortier, for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back soon. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.